When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Dana Plato? Dana Plato was born in Maywood, California on November 7, 1964. At this time, her name was Dana Michelle Strain. Her mother, Linda Strain, was an unmarried 16-year-old who already had an 18-month-old child. Dana was put up for adoption. Seven months later, Dana was adopted by Dean and Kay Plato. She grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Dean and Kay divorced when Dana was three years old. Dana was raised by Kay, who developed a pronounced interest in her career. Her mother took Dana to a number of auditions, which led to Dana appearing in over 100 commercials over the next several years. At the same time, her mother was encouraging her to be a figure skater. Dana trained for many years and was actually quite good. Dana's acting career started when she appeared on the television show The Six Million Dollar Man at the age of 10. At the age of 13, she had an uncredited role in the 1977 movie Exorcist II The Heretic. This movie has been voted one of the worst in history, which somehow fails to capture how bad it was. Interestingly, Dana had a chance to be in the original Exorcist, but her mother refused to let her take part. I guess her mother bet on the wrong exorcist. A mistake that can result in an excessive quantity of demons, but in this case, it simply hurt Dana's career. Dana appeared in another terrible 1977 horror movie titled Return to Boggy Creek. She would not get any positive recognition for her acting until she was in the 1978 movie California Suite. Dana's big break would occur when she appeared briefly on The Gong Show and was noticed by a producer for the television show, Different Strokes. He was interested in casting her. Dana would later say that her mother decided that she should pursue this route instead of her skating career, even though Dana was training for the Olympics. Ultimately, Dana Plato was cast as Kimberly Drummond on Different Strokes. She worked with two other child actors on that show, Gary Coleman and Todd Bridges. After the show debuted in 1978, it became a phenomenally popular series. But fame was not without a downside. Dana's behavior became increasingly erratic and uncooperative during her time on different strokes. She also started using alcohol and drugs. Dana moved in with a musician named Lanny Lambert in 1983. The couple married in 1984 and had a son named Tyler. The producers of the show were alarmed by Dana's pregnancy and her substance use. The character of Kimberly Drummond was younger 
than Dana Plato. The producers didn't feel as though a teen pregnancy was consistent with a wholesome family comedy. Dana was dismissed from the show, although she did appear in a few episodes toward the end of the series. Dana separated from her husband in January of 1988. They divorced in 1990. She lost custody of her son, Tyler, due to her drug use. Dana would go on to have several other romantic relationships. At one point, she was married to an actor for about a month. Dana Plato would never recapture the success that she had on different strokes. She tried to find high-level acting work, but she was largely relegated to B-movies, like the 1989 movie Bikini Beach Race. In preparation for a June 1989 Playboy pictorial, Dana had breast implants. Her appearance in Playboy gained some interest, but it did not boost her career as she had expected. Dana would later claim that her accountant stole millions of dollars from her. She said that the authorities were unable to locate him. Despite having earned good money on different strokes, Dana was left with just over $100,000. It seems more likely that her drug use and irresponsibility ran off with her money, not some mysterious disappearing accountant. Dana moved to Las Vegas and lived there for a while. She worked in a dry cleaning store for $5.75 an hour. She spent some time in a substance use treatment facility in Las Vegas as well. Even though Dana didn't have much luck with her acting career, she did gain attention for her criminal career. On February 28, 1991, Dana carried a pellet gun into a Las Vegas video store and demanded cash. The clerk handed her $164 before she fled. The clerk called the police and said, I've just been robbed by the girl who played Kimberly on different strokes. Dana returned to the scene of the crime about 15 minutes later and was placed under arrest. Her bail was posted by Wayne Newton. She was arrested again in January 1992. This time she forged a prescription for Valium. She was sentenced to 30 days in jail for violating probation and sent to a substance use treatment facility. Dana continued her efforts to achieve success in her acting career. In 1997, she starred in a direct-to-video clothing optional movie. The option selected was no clothing. One of her last movies was Desperation Boulevard, where she played herself as an actress trying to restart her career. By 1999, Dana was living with her manager, Robert Menchaca, in a motorhome. Dana appeared on The Howard Stern Show on May 7, 1999. The show started off in a cordial manner. Dana talked about how her accountant took her money, how she was arrested a couple of times, and how she was engaged to her manager. She made what some consider to be an extraordinary claim of being sober for over 10 years. She said that other than taking medication after her wisdom teeth were extracted, she hadn't used any substances. This show involved a number of people calling in. Several callers expressed doubts about Dana's sobriety claims. Dana appeared to be upset by the accusations. She offered to take a drug test on the air, even allowing her hair to be cut for the test. Howard Stern would later say that Dana requested her hair back after the interview. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com On the next day, May 8, 1999, Dana and Robert stopped their motorhome at the residence of Robert's mother, in Moore, Oklahoma. My understanding is that Dana had flown to Dallas and met up with Robert. At one point, Dana said that she wasn't feeling well. She took Lortab, which is a narcotic, the same as Vicodin, and Soma, which is a muscle relaxer. She went into the motorhome to rest. Dana Plato died of an overdose shortly afterward. She was 34 years old. The authorities initially believed this was an accidental overdose, but later they said she had deliberately brought an end to her own life. On May 6, 2010, two days short of 11 years after Dana Plato died, her son Tyler brought an end to his own life. He was 26. Now moving to my analysis. Here are a few items that stood out to me in this case. Item number one. Dana Plato really didn't get an opportunity to have a normal childhood. At one point, she suggested that her mother didn't teach her any life skills, which certainly could have been part of the problem. But I think it's really about just not having a chance to develop in a stress-free environment. Dana was in over 100 commercials as a child. She was training to be a figure skater. She was on television and in the movies. She had a demanding schedule for being so young. Item number two, according to Conrad Bain, the actor who played Philip Drummond on Different Strokes, Kimberly's father in the series, Dana deliberately became pregnant because she did not want to be alone. She knew it would get her in trouble with the producers of the show. I find it interesting that Dana was on the show with other actors, she had a boyfriend, and had other friends, yet she was still lonely. Item number three, Dana consumed a phenomenal quantity of alcohol and drugs. It's amazing that she functioned at all when she was on different strokes. As I mentioned, in 1999, she claimed that she was sober for 10 years. I find this difficult to believe. The timeline doesn't work. She was arrested in 1992 for forging prescriptions for Valium. She admitted that she was using drugs at that time. So how could she be clean for 10 years? I think that Dana was just desperately trying to escape her past. Which brings me to item number four. In order to resurrect her career, Dana engaged in a number of activities that are typically thought of as inconsistent with being a highly successful actor. For example, she was in Playboy, she was in a pornographic film, and she was featured scantily clad in a violent video game. 
which actually led to Senate hearings about violence in video games. Dana was willing to do almost anything to get back in the spotlight. Some have suggested that her robbery of the video store was just an attempt to get attention, but I don't think that it was. Just 15 minutes before she committed the robbery, she asked about a job picking up trash for the apartment complex where she lived. She was told the position was already filled. Even though Dana was a member of the video store she robbed, and they knew exactly who she was, she was wearing a hat and sunglasses. So she was trying to disguise herself, at least a little bit. She did return to the crime scene after the robbery. She claimed it was to return the money. I don't think this is true, and I don't think she did it to get arrested. Rather, she returned to retrieve her sunglasses that she dropped when she jumped over a wall during her escape. She was wearing different clothes when she returned to the area. I think Dana robbed the store simply for money, probably in order to buy drugs. Item number five is Dana Plato's appearance on the Howard Stern Show. This was part of a last-ditch effort to revive her career. She had other events scheduled as well across the country. However, this was the most high-profile event. I think she was really hoping this interview would go well. This would be the glorious start of a new age in her career. I think she was trying to reconstruct a pure, family-friendly, and innocent image of Kimberly Drummond by distancing herself from anything controversial, like her drug use and criminality. At the same time, she didn't like the term child actor. So on one hand, she was trying to connect with the image of her character, but on the other hand, she was trying to separate from it. It's like she didn't know how to position herself as an actress. She didn't have a way to make the transition from child actor to adult actor. Dana struggled coping with the criticism of the people calling into the show because she didn't know who she was. Her identity had not been established. When considering all the information in this case, what do I think happened? This is just a theory, my opinion. I think that Dana was under pressure at a very young age to succeed in Hollywood. She had a big break with the television show Different Strokes. She was on there with two other child actors who would also go on to have massive problems, like difficulty with the law. The demands were simply too much for her. She was feeling lonely and wanted to change. She started drinking and using drugs as a way to cope. This, in combination with her pregnancy, led to her removal from the show. After being separated from the show, she wasn't any happier. She probably thought that the world was full of opportunities for her. Another different strokes would come along shortly, but that never happened. She was forgotten by the world. The theme that emerges in this case of Dana Plato is chasing the first high. In the world of drug and alcohol treatment, especially with potent drugs like heroin, substance users often try to recapture the feeling they had the first time they used. They find out that there is no way to do that. They simply spend their life chasing something they can never get. I think in a way, this is what Dana Plato did with her fame. She wanted to recapture the glory of being Kimberly Drummond. She maneuvered in all different types of ways and tried many different things, but there was no way to do it. I think that after her appearance on Howard Stern, which included the harsh rebuke of the callers, Dana realized the first high would never be experienced again. There was no rebuilding her career. She only had the familiar pain of an unforgiving world. Fame gave Dana everything at a time when Dana couldn't handle it. When she was ready for fame, 
it denied her re-entry. This case was a matter of timing. Dana and Fame could never get on the same page. In a sense, they always had different strokes. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.